Physics Capsule podcast. This is where we give you a scientific perspective of the world around you. We're a couple of physicists and science communicators ourselves. Join us as we indulge in conversation and try to reason out the physics behind the world around you. Over the season, we'll go all the way from things you know from your everyday life to the most exotic celestial objects in our universe. But now, let's start off with something much simpler, something we all have in common. We all work, and we all travel to work. I drive. I think you ride a motorbike, don't you? Yes, I usually ride a motorbike. Let's speak about something that happened to me on my way today. Okay. I was behind this car, approaching an intersection. Alright. The lights were about to turn yellow, okay. and the bloke screeches to a halt. Wow. I hope you're okay. I am fine, but... Okay, wait. I, I think I know what you're thinking. Um, you were wondering whether you needed to brake hard or whether you wanted to steer away so that you avoid ramming into that guy. Exactly. Right. So so what happened? What what happened? Did he stop without indicating? Yes. If I braked hard, I might have rammed into him. Or if I decided to steer away, would I have had a better chance to of avoiding the collision? Let's try to look at this from a scientific perspective. What we're talking about here are vectors. Uh, think of a vector as an arrow that's pointing in the direction that you're interested. And the length of this arrow is get, gets bigger as the quantity you're measuring gets bigger. So if you're traveling, say, 10 meters in the west, it's an arrow of a certain length pointing west. And if you're traveling 20 meters in the west, it's an arrow that's twice as long. So if you're going north as a, at 100% and you're going east at 100%, going northeast is like going 50% north and 50% east. Right. In physics, we often talk about the work energy theorem. It tells us that the work you do is equal to the kinetic energy you spend. This is actually quite intuitive. You don't have to think of it from a very scientific standpoint. Say you start off with some energy. As you do some work, you're going to lose that energy. Now, ideally, all the energy that you've lost is going to be present as evidence of some work that you've done. That's basically what the work energy theorem tells you. Of course, we also have to clarify that work in physics has a mathematical description and it isn't colloquial. The work you do is defined as the product of the force you apply in a certain direction and the extent to which you manage to displace an object in that direction. In any case, what we're getting at is that the work you do is equal to the kinetic energy you expend while doing that work. By the way, kinetic energy is the energy that's associated with the motion of a body. If the body travels faster, it has a greater kinetic energy. Yeah, and, and for those of you who are mathematically inclined, that's FL is half mv squared. For force F, producing a displacement L. Half mv squared, of course, is the kinetic energy. The force here is applied by the car or the motorbike, of course. When you push your accelerator pedal, the your engine drives your wheels applying a force on the road. There's friction too in the direction you're traveling because the road is constantly trying to stop your wheel from turning, which is just Newton's law. This in turn prevents you from skidding out of control. Okay, so let's get back to vectors. If you're going straight ahead in the direction of your force, you're doing the greatest amount of work. 
if you choose to turn the work you do gradually reduces in the forwards direction another way to think of this is if you just break really hard you're putting all your effort into coming to a halt but if you turn the effectiveness of the force in the forwards direction is reduced again for those of you who want the mathematics this is simply your work done f dot l or fl cos theta the stopping force is maximum when f and l are in the same direction if you recall your trigonometric classes that's because cos theta is 1 for 0 degrees and 1 is the maximum value the cosine function can achieve all you need to know is as the angle at which you apply a force increases with respect to a particular direction the lesser its effect is in that direction That's not to say you should always stop. Sometimes you might find it beneficial to swerve around a car and avoid hitting it. Probably you can come up next to them. But there are other dangers involved with doing this. Oncoming traffic or even someone coming up behind you. You might slip into their lane and cause a ruckus. Generally, it's better to brake hard and come to a halt and not swerve around. Of course, if you are doing twice the speed limit, you're going to ram into the car in front of you, but you probably shouldn't have drive shouldn't have been driving around that fast anyway. For a moment, now let's put ourselves in the other guy's shoes. If you were in that car and you were coming up at an in- intersection and the lights turned from green to yellow, what would you do? Stop? or try to accelerate and get across. I think there are quite a few variables involved here. For example, how long does the light stay yellow and just how wide is the intersection that I have to cross? True. It also depends on how fast you were driving and how quickly you can react once the light turns yellow. It matters how quickly you decide to stop or drive after you see the light turning yellow. That second one is especially important. It's called reaction time. It's how long humans take to respond to an observation they've made or to any stimulus in general. Human benchmark suggests we have a reaction time of about 270 to 280 milliseconds. For simplicity, let's keep it at 250. We're not erring on the side of caution here, but let's go with this for now. Now there are three possibilities. You either slow down to a halt or you keep the speed limit and hope you cross. or break the speed limit and attempt to cross in other words at the point when you notice the yellow light you can do one of three things you can hit the brakes you can keep driving or you can accelerate none of this guarantees that you cross though exactly right off the bat you realize you're safest if you just stop but like it happened to me there might be someone behind you who's taken by surprise when you stop all of a sudden Let's do some simple maths now. Our variables are how far you are from the intersection and how fast you're driving when the light turns yellow. Not to forget your reaction time. Correct. Speed limits around the world vary from 50 kilometers per hour to 60 kilometers per hour in cities. So let's keep it at 55 kilometers per hour for now. Right. Uh, let's say the light stays yellow for 5 seconds and the distance you need to cover is the width of the intersection plus the distance you need to cover to reach the intersection in the first place say the width of the intersection is about 10 meters this is your everyday two lane road in the city not a motorway right and at this rate you can simply use the speed distance formula to calculate your total distance covered multiply velocity and time 
55 kilometers per hour and 5 seconds and you get the distance of about 75 meters let's not forget this is from where your car currently is so this is your distance to the intersection plus the width of the intersection so if you cut down 10 meters from that that's the width of the intersection right so if you cut down 10 meters from 75 meters you're left with 65 meters so if you notice the light turning yellow and you're no more than 65 meters away from the intersection you can feel free to drive on if you're any further you need to halt again you could speed up and try to cross the intersection but you would have to break the speed limit then which is never a good idea moreover remember that your distance to the intersection is measured from the driver's seat but the entire car has to cross the intersection so we might as well add the length of the car to our calculation give it 5 meters for safety also this is not a calculation you can make on the fly when you're driving so it's probably best to keep in mind the 60 meter mark if you're closer than 60 meter to the intersection you can cross it for the most part if you're any further just slow down to a halt after all that's what the yellow is for so that's our conclusion it's probably something we all knew but now we've discussed the scientific proof for it if you're at an intersection the lights are about to go red you're better off stopping than trying to drive through and if the vehicle before you comes to a halt you're better off braking in a straight line than trying to swerve around them you should be safe so long as you're not tailgating them and you're not driving over the speed limit i think this was a great start we'll be discussing more about physics right here in a fortnight you can take a look at our show notes at podcast.physicscapsule.com for some calculations and interesting links. We'll leave the Earth to discuss the universe in our next episode. Join us right here on the Physics Capsule Podcast. The Physics Capsule Podcast is recorded at St. Philomena's College, Mysore. It is hosted by V.H. Belwadi and me, Roshan Sahil, from the Physics Department. See you again in a fortnight. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>